0: It's
1: 11 minutes after 8. Thank you so much for tuning in to AM Live this morning and it is of course time now for the Forum at 8. And this morning we're talking about what everybody else seems to be talking about which is state capture of course whatever that is. Now um, when Deputy Minister of Finance and Jonas and former MP Feiki mentor revealed that they'd been offered cabinet positions by the Gupta family in return for business deals uh, the Dominican Order of Southern Africa asked the public protector advocate to Matonsela, the out uh, the the, the former now a public protector uh, in March to actually investigate the family uh, and the extent of its dealings in the affairs of state and that's when South Africans began talking in all earnestness about the family's extensive business dealings with the state owned enterprises also including mines and uh, some parts of the defense and Matonsela was set to release the report on Friday during her last day in office but uh, she was served with two separate applications, one by President Jacob Zuma and the other uh, by Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs Minister Des van Royen, seeking to interdict her from releasing that report. And uh, the first case, uh, in this case, it was postponed uh, to coincide with another hearing that is set for tomorrow and it will be taken from there. But this morning we are trying to understand exactly what is this thing called state capture. And uh, to help us understand uh, from the SACP, and both of them are laughing, uh, but uh, Solima Payila, the Deputy General Secretary um, of the South uh, South African Communist Party, uh, first Deputy General Secretary, second Deputy General Secretary of the South African Communist Party. uh, Thanks for coming through.
2: Thank you very much, Sakina. Good morning to our
1: listeners. And Jimmy Many is the president of Mzwanel. the. Uh, Mzwanele. Yeah. Okay. Mzwanele. <laughs> you don't answer you to must, Jimmy you anymore. Be decolonized. Oh. Yes. Oh. It this took is you all a while, part of eh?
3: Decolonization.
1: Okay. Yeah. Mzwanele Many, president of the Progressive Professionals Forum. Uh, thanks for coming through once again. Thank you. So, if we. Look at, you know, politics and and, and its very nature and the fact that when it comes to the state and entities of the state and the fact that uh, various interested parties would want to influence some sort of control on state entities, what then would define state capture? Would it be just any sort of undue influence? And then what would define undue influence in this instance, Uh, speaking to the issue of state capture, provided, of course, that we agree um, on what that definition actually is, Mr. Mapaïla.
2: Thank you very much. Firstly, our approach is from an angle of corporate state capture. Um, which uh, will likely define the class content of uh, capture of the state by big corporates who have huge influence on society. But, of course, individuals themselves and organizations and institutions can also influence uh, the state to an extent that um, they can be responsible for drafting its policies. Um, Ministers sometimes or government departments, they put regulations which are largely driven by the interest of those uh, corporates or even individuals or or organizations. Um, But from what has been a worry for us, it's about the corporate capture of the state away from the focus of the National Democratic Revolution, which is the program headed by the African National Congress, supported by all of us, in the South African Communist Party and COSATO and Sanko and the mass democratic uh, formations um, that support this project. This program essentially seeks to resolve three immediate interrelated contradictions that are facing our society. The problem of um, national oppression and its legacy, that is racism and its uh, origin to eliminate it completely and also to eliminate the problem of gender oppression, particularly the oppression of women, and to fight the system of patriarchy, which has over the years been entrenched in our society, as well as the problem of class exploitation, basically to eliminate class inequality, the inequality between the rich and the poor, and the exploitation of the poor by the rich, who are a minority. In that way, you are then able to create an egalitarian society, a society of equals, So subsequent challenges and problems like uh, poverty, unemployment, and so forth are primarily consequences of this. So that project or that program has been delayed if you have corporates, uh, whether it's the Anglo-American group, uh, uh, the Rembrandt group, and all of them who have over the years controlled our economy. They have always dictated the pace of policy. Whether it's about, for instance, uh, transfer of land, uh, the Rembrandt Group will be quite significant in that in the in that section. Transfer of mineral resources, um, Anglo American and others will essentially play a major role over the years. In fact, a tussle over the years uh, to come with a, a clear policy that is implementable, particularly on 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 the mining side or on the mineral side, has been a tussle with Anglo American, which is. Um, most significant role player in mining in this country, such that, for instance, um, we always argue that um, other mines can can close tomorrow. There will never be a real crisis of mining in the republic, um, except workers will lose their jobs. Anglo American will actually s- increase uh, production in key sectors uh, of mining, unless it's a, it's an area where they are not really operating. But it's it's, it's unlikely that they are not in every sector. So that's in that respect, they've always influenced policy Mm -hmm. direction of government on mining. So that becomes a serious problem. So the corporates have therefore, in that regard, have captured the policy or regulatory space of government. Now, there's an element, again, that um, uh, has recently arisen with regard to what we call within the, the corporates like the the Anglo-American, we can call them generally uh, by the term uh, that is common, we call them the bourgeoisie. Then we have uh, a group of aspirant bourgeoisie. Uh, Some of them will be from within our ranks, uh, who the big corporates will share some uh, small resources with, uh, give them some shares in their companies, they become billionaires and so forth. Uh, They act like uh, the corporates. But those from within our ranks have access to political leadership. Uh, sometimes they would, they would have even been grown up together or even struggled together with those who are leading different government departments and so forth. Now they seek to control, again, the the same way the corporates did. But in this case, that's what we call parasitic bourgeoisie. It is the concept of that, that for instance, uh, the Guptas, who have highlighted the level of danger that they've emerged in that space so they don't necessarily fight to replace um, the wrongness of the big corporate uh, 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 they replace the, they, they don't actually want to eliminate and end the wrongness of the big corporates they want to be the new corporates so they, they will they, they want to be the new role players but they, are pro- they have got, they have access to us. We know them and so forth. I don't know, for instance, uh, uh, Mr. Rupert, but I will know a few uh, black rich guys and so forth, who now, on the basis of access to policy, they want change now to be on to, by themselves. So this is the issue that has caused uh, some tensions. Um, for us, that we've taken up to the public for engagement.
3: Mr. Mani, you agree? Yeah, yeah. thank you very much. No, I, th- I I think I agree with about 98%, if not 99% of what uh, my political senior year has been saying. I really think uh, he has uh, captured this at a strategic level very well. So I agree largely with him. <clears throat> but I, w- w- what are we dealing with here? And and I think I'm going to go to the detail, to, uh, to the detail and nitty-gritty of what he's been saying. What we have here is a disruption of what monopoly uh, capital state capture. This is what we have. The Gupta's have come to disrupt this uh, uh, thing that has been uh, 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 has been explaining here. But I'll get to that just now. You know, <clears throat> sorry, in South Africa, there is this talk about the ANC has got good policies, and the problem is just implementation. Wrong. That's not the issue. Does ANC have good policies? Yes. Is it an imp- implementation problem, maybe elements of it, but at the heart of it is the legislation. We've got an infiltrated legislation. We have a legislation that, uh, it, that is doing everything to undermine what the ANC policy objective was, 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 was meant to have delivered. Let me give you an uh, examples. In fact, uh, the three uh, departments of government that are driving economic development Actually, they are captured. National Treasury, Economic Development, and the DTI. And this is how. National Treasury, this is the department that is supervising uh, procurement and review. You. you have a triple PFA there, which we've been fighting for the past 10 odd years, to say this policy is uh, is favoring white monopoly capital and is mal-aligning, <coughs> sorry, is mal-aligning black business, as it were. We've been fighting, and fortunately, uh, recently the president has announced that it is now going to be repealed We are yet to see uh, whether, where, where is that process of repeal uh, in terms of that I'm not going to go into detail about what, thing, what things, about what that policy does But I, I know it very well But trust me when I say that a triple PFA is one policy That is creating poverty for black business uh, as it were Number two, economic development this ministry has passed a has in fact they collaborate these three departments to oppress black people. This economic develop, development department has now agreed in collaboration with DTI that the IDC the IDC must be a, a, an econ BE facilitator. What does that mean? This means that uh, uh, wherever IDC is invested, that company that stake of the IDC is going to be deemed. Uh, A BE stake and that company Is going to be deemed compliant Now IDC has invested some 200 odd billion all across Various industries now this means If you go to a particular mine uh, Today uh, if IDC is invested In that mine the stake of IDC is going to be deemed BE uh, And therefore the mine is going to say I'm relaxed I'm done I've I've ticked a box As it were just by stroke of a pen Between uh, 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 Economic development and DTI DTI then on its own as well, it's the department that is supposed to be funding NEF uh, in collaboration with Treasury again. As we see it here and now, the last time NEF, which was meant to provide this funding so that we can do uh, as black people what the Guptas are doing in terms of disrupting the economy. The Guptas have got their own cash to do what they're doing. Black people were supposed to be uh, depending on the DFIs of this world, particularly the NEF. But guess what? National Treasury, in collaboration with DTI, they have uh, found all kinds of reasons not to do this. The last time that the NEF was given money uh, for it to execute its task was in, in its inception. As we see it here and now, excuse me, NEF is struggling for cash uh, because these uh, departments are not, uh, are not uh, uh, providing it with cash. Uh, that's why there is this uh, anger. The issue that we're facing is the issue of this disruption. If you look, for instance, let me give you specific examples. Uh, uh, <clears throat> First, let me complete with the, with the, with the DTI. Lastly, on the, the DTI, President Zuma comes with a wonderful project, uh, Black Industrialist Program. And then this is funded and everything. We all get excited. And guess what? DTI decides that uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, construction sector is not going to be part of this. Now, a lot of black people that are out there are construction people. Uh, and the biggest spend of government, the biggest spend is in construction. Now, if you are going to say the black industrialist program <coughs> must not include uh, construction, what are you saying? You are actually now carving out areas where black people could quickly benefit because we do have a lot of black contracting firms and, and whatever. Now they've been cut out uh, and we've been fighting... Even through the BBC to say uh, the construction must be part of this thing, DTI is finding all kinds of reasons uh, not to do this. So, from where we sit, this economic cluster is actually captured. They are there to make sure that black people see nothing. This black, this black, this. But when you go to the to the bottom of it, you actually find that they are actually collaborating these three departments to oppress. Let me comp- let me complete to oppress black people. If you look, for instance, let's go to the nitty-gritty. Go to ESCOM. Uh, and Tatamaila has already uh, spoken to this at, at, at length. We have a situation at ESCOM where uh, there was all kinds of 40-year contracts of a uh, cost-plus model. Uh, as it uh, What that means is that companies like Glencoe that have been developing and mining coal uh, and supplying ESCOM, they've been charging ESCOM even their own development development costs so, in other words, ESCOM must pay Glencore for the fact that Glenco is going to do all the development and everything to get to the coal, and then Glenco gets to the coal, and then again they must charge Eskom uh, that coal, uh, uh, that coal uh, uh, on, on top of of the development costs as it were. This is a cost pass model. Brian Mulifar comes and he says nonsense. I cut this contract. I'm not. Uh, I'm terminating this contract. Now, now Brian is being persecuted by National Treasury. The Guptas come into the picture. The Guptas come and they say, no, no, for us, development costs is our business. We will develop, we will actually just sell you the code. And guess what? With your devel- development cost, you've been paying a thousand rand a ton. With our own development costs as a Guptas, we're actually going to sell you at half the price. As we see it here and now, ESCOM is a lot more profitable with that uh, uh, intervention. Black people should be doing what the Guptas are doing. Black people don't have money. The institutions where black people, that must give black people money, do not want to give black people money. That's the problem.
1: So these institutions, who are they giving the money to? Have they given money to the Guptas? Who are they captured by? It's cut up uh, by capital.
3: They are are saving. I mean, if you look at at it, uh, economic development, for instance, this whole notion of saying, that the IDC must be a BE facilitator, is to help white companies to be able to get to a level. I mean, it's a very silly thing. Uh, and not that it must not be helped, but it must not be helped under the ticket of BEE. We have enough people that want to get involved in BEE. Now, economic development is crowding the space out, is taking a public institution, is blocking it. And by the way, a public institution should not uh, be, be doing this. You can't have a public institution behaving as a BEE company when it's not. This is the problem.
1: Well, uh, Mr. Mapaila, hold that thought. I just want to take Eddie in Cape Town, who's been holding there for us, and uh, we'll answer all of these questions as we move along. Eddie, good morning to you.
4: Uh, thank you, Sakina. You know, um, I'm, 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 I'm sometimes a bit ashamed that Mzwanele, formerly Jimmy was my president at BMF, you know, and we used to look up to that guy and attend all the meetings. Now, he has had a, a, a heart transplant from from being at a, a tiger brand to try and and, and and suck up to government to get a job. I don't know what, what he's trying to get really because at this point you are asking about state capture. He's lecturing us slanted towards the, the programme that he starts that is to, to, to punt for Jacob Zuma. So our president, Jacob Zuma is the ANC president, ask card carrying members. Now, Jacob Zuma is the best lawyer you can get out there, that Maya can buy. Now, I don't understand why he has made it his mission, out of all the membership of the ANC, that is more than 1.3 now at this point, for him to be at the forefront of defending the president. And everyone in the country is stupid. Everyone in the country doesn't see what's happening under the surface. He's the only one that sees But But if that is it may i think um let's get objective here and and, and not bit bit about the bushes. the guptas are business people let's agree on that and, and get that out of the way the people are not fighting um the guptas for, for so that they don't get money or they don't do business in south africa the people are saying you don't um get the president to put you in tall position like we do in formula one where you don't have to to, to do the fact that they take kids so that you are, you start on poll, but you go to Benny Eccleston and try to, to ask him to put you at the front of everyone. This is what the people of South Africa are fighting. They're not fighting the groups that they say. They're saying, do business, be transparent, but don't ask the president to put you in poll position. So that's what we're talking about, state capture. Let's not be talking about the Bushes. Talk about the Anglo-Americans and everyone. I mean, those guys were operating under apartheid. So. We cannot have, take that module and then try to say a tit for tat and say, ah, Anglo-American was doing this, Roquette was doing this, so the Guptas are power for the course as well. They must do No, that's wrong. So Jimmy must talk for black people but not say he is talking on everyone's behalf here because we are black business people as well and we know what's good for us. But for him to then come around and try to be our mouthpiece, I, I find that quite disingenuous. And I don't know what he's trying to get, really. I mean, he's he's a, a good guy who can make it in his own, in business. But there, there's this thing that persistently, me and the guys that are in the BMF are asking ourselves, what is it that he wants, really, to suck up so much, you know? I'm I'm I'm, I'm God smacked, now that this is my president at the okay. BMS and he's doing this, you know?
1: Got you, Eddie. Well, we're talking state capture this morning, trying to understand exactly what is going on. Uh, the um, uh, SACP's uh, second uh, General Secretary, Mr. Solima Payila, in studio with us, as well as Mr. Mzwanele Mani, who is the president of the Progressive Professionals Forum. So I think it's only fair that I give you an opportunity to respond <coughs> to Eddie's comment before yeah. the news.
3: No, look, I, I, you know, it's quite interesting uh, that people have got whatever preconceived ideas I think record will show that ever since I came here, the word President Zuma, didn't mention it, not even once, uh, and so on. But here this comes, comes with like a ton of bricks. But now that he wants to to, I can talk about President Zuma quite proudly. Here is the issue. Uh, firstly, I think this understand that President Zuma in himself does not constitute the state uh, as it were. If you look at the cabinet, cabinet has got, uh, in fact, the executive, you're talking about 75-odd individuals, if you include ministers and deputy ministers. President Zuma is just one person, uh, as it were. And this notion, by the way, uh, in fact, I had this, a very uh, articulate uh, young man cr- getting confused when President Zuma was saying, listen here, the state is the judiciary, is the legislation, is the executive. So if you are saying the state is captured, the president was arguing that you must then say all three arms of the state are captured. Then comes this uh, young man and he says, no, you see President Zuma doesn't understand he's the head of the state. If you've captured him, you've captured the state. I think it's a fundamental flaw in that argument. The flaw is that this presupposes that the head of state is a boss of all, yet we've got independent arms. Uh, President Zuma cannot instruct uh, Chief Justice Mohan. President Zuma cannot instruct... Uh, the speaker as it. were, So it's fundamentally flawed. Uh, the biggest problem uh, that President Zuma has done is to uh, is to is to push the BRICS agenda. The BRICS agenda is an agenda that will help to decolonize South Africa. We're sitting here with all kinds of uh, uh, lenders like the IMFs of this world, the World Bank of this world who, when they lend you money, they want to interfere with your economic policies, they want to interfere with your own domestic uh, issues. They actually remove the sovereignty of your of, of your country. Now I've got a uh, brick bank. Now the Bricks Bank, what it does is that uh, when you borrow money, they give you, you you borrow money, and all they're interested in is that you must pay back the money. They don't put the conditions uh, that uh, uh, these uh, Western Type uh, institutions put. Now, these Western type institutions are now fighting this thing. Uh, this is why President Zuma is not going to be popular, because the BRICS project is a decolonization project. It's a project to free us. Now, there are a lot of black people, by the way, uh, that are so colonized that uh, they have a problem uh, with not reporting to white people. There are black people that, <laughs> that have, have a serious problem for them Uh, It's ingrained in them uh, that uh, the white person is superior. It's ingrained in them uh, that they must go and seek work from a white man and all that. So that's a problem that we have. Now, when we have uh, any project that seems to dislodge that, the black people are the first ones to complain. Where are you taking my bus? This is the problem.
1: Is it actually that or is it a question of, you know, uh, uh, wanting to see a complete change of events, not to say, you know, same script, different caste kind of thing. So you have the same system perpetuated only by different people. Is that not part of the problem? And I think Mr. Mapaila touched on that somewhat yeah. when he spoke about uh, the fact that you would have people transplanting a different group of people.
3: No, no, I think that that is correct. This is why we are arguing that uh, the problem is the laws. The laws have been infiltrated because by simply observing the laws, especially the economic laws uh, in this country, when you observe them, you can, I mean, look at, for instance, CIDB. CIDB in the construction industry ensures that it's looking for everything that an emerging black contractor is never going to have. But this is now legal. And if you don't have that, uh, you are excluded uh, so-called objectively. Triple PFA is a similar thing where it's a law that you must compete on an equal basis with a 30, 40, or 50-year-old white uh, established company uh, and try to beat them on price.
2: Something that is impossible. But whose law is The list goes on.
1: How did we get here, Mr. Solima Paila?
2: Firstly, uh, let me just uh, uh, go back a bit to some of the points that were raised. The first one is that the Guptas Mzani um, says that Comrade uh, says that they are disruptors of monopoly capital. Firstly, we don't think they are, uh, but to the extent that they are in getting involved in business in that at that level, it's something that perhaps uh, uh, it's commendable. The problem we have is that they are using they are participating in this form through a process of an undue influence, through a process where, for instance, they have taken what you can call political proximity to go and push for certain uh, projects. For instance, if you talk about the same point that he was raising about ESCOM, their intervention there was not the best of interventions, by the way. In fact, uh, it's an issue that even uh, a comrade Brian at ESCOM, who, by the way, has been uh, highly commended for stabilizing uh, ESCOM, to the extent that he has allowed them free rein in the manner in which they've been getting contracts and so forth in that particular institute or institution, it's quite worrisome. So the issue is not much about well, we're not competing or we should not even compete whether we must destroy a monopoly capital. That we all agree. The problem is those who we punt as the frontline destroyers of monopoly capital should not do so unduly, should not do so through what is possibly corrupt means, which is what the Guptas have largely behaved. And that is why, for instance, uh, you, you could see that most of their contracts were almost unethically uh, arrived at. And if you were to look at uh, part of the debates that we have been having, that's why we have only we have said to the, the president, we, pre, we would have preferred um, a judicial commission of inquiry into mm-hmm. the whole question of uh, corporate state capture. So that is not just focused on the Guptas. It can go to the wider sections. The point that uh, uh, Comrade Muzangla is raising, for instance, could be brought on board, for instance, How, for instance, big uh, uh, white companies, monopolies in their sectors continue to be protected by legislation. How do they continue to be protected to provide services to state institutions and so forth, and there's no forceful capacity uh, from our side to make them uh, transform. So those are the areas that we want to be highlighted, but the Guptas are no example. In fact, in many instances, it has now been uh, uh, proven beyond uh, 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 reasonable doubt that essentially they are involved in a a wide range of illicit uh, form of uh, conduct, quite unethical, quite unaccountable in the manner that they do. And I think that they have caused more damage onto the body politic of our society, including on our transformational agenda, that is economic transformational agenda, in the manner that they conduct themselves. In fact, they've even tainted um, our president. The good work that he has been doing, I agree with Zanel, for instance, on the question of the BRICS, um, it's a quite a wonderful intervention by these countries. In fact, it's changing the world landscape on economy. As you know, for instance, their lending rate, their lending process—it's not—they it's, lend you in your own currency, as opposed to the World Bank and IMF, which lend you in dollars. And later on, they devalue a currency. You can you can actually pay back the the, the loans. So this that part we accept, but it doesn't mean necessarily that uh, because we accept that part. We should then accept the wrong conduct of the new champions, so to speak. How the did we IDC, get here?
1: How did we get here? We yeah. talk about policy and legislation. <clears throat> um, enacted by whom? How did we get stuck we post-94 to, with what we have right now?
2: We, yeah. have, we have to come in and, 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 and take responsibility. The Alliance in particular, uh, led by the ANC, we have to take responsibility for this. And we also have to correct these things we have to embark on radical transformation of our economy, which has been agreed by both, uh, in fact, all alliance components starting with the ANC, that we are now entering the second radical phase of our democratic transition. What does that even mean? what, What it means is that we have done every other thing possible to assure basic freedoms for our people, basic rights in terms of the political space, but we've seen that there have been serious problems on the economic side and that government needed to come with radical measures to ensure mass empowerment of the people, not a trickle-down economic transformation. The rural people of our country should actually overwhelmingly participate in the economy and there should be an enabling environment for that to, to actually happen and the economy should be able to thrive. That is the reason why, for instance, we, we were able to create uh, different departments, including the economic department, which was to focus specifically in this particular area.
1: Mr. Mani says they captured. Yeah, well, yeah. Of course, there are, our,
2: our, our department, the issues that we must uh, deliver every other state institution that is captured from being captured so that they can implement government policy as agreed by all of us whether it's the treasury or any other institution mm-hmm. we mustn't allow any state-owned in, in, institution to be captured by any force for that matter yeah I except agree. the part that is elected by the people in this case the african national congress which has the mandate to lead transformation of this society okay uh,
3: le, le, uh, I, I agree with, uh, <coughs> with with that with, with that part uh, in fact i repeat that National Treasury, Economic Development, and DTI, the three economic uh, uh, departments, are captured, uh, as it is. So I'm not uh, backing down on this. And I think the biggest problem that we face in this country is actually the media narrative. Uh, The media is also part of the white monopoly capital. Uh, And, in fact, it has contaminated the thinking of the best of our minds in this country. Uh, People are not able to be objective, uh, given how media... Does things you see for instance there was a big hoo ha over the weekend about uh, the various transactions uh, of the Gupta's and I was listening to you this morning talking to the lawyer uh, of the of the Gupta's I'm not here as a spokesperson by the way but I just think it's important that when we have these discussions let's have a balanced discussion uh, as it was. there was a big hoo made about the 1.3 billion rand and whatever you so and, what was unbalanced and, and, about uh, it them the only wait 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 you didn't interrupt uh, uh, my leader here so please uh, allow me. Uh, Take notes, uh, the, the 1.3 billion rehabilitation, uh, whatever you? And it was a big hoo-ha. So it's unbalanced because the whole media has been saying it's unethical and whatever. So court of public opinion in South Africa seems to be uh, leading uh, the discourse as opposed to uh, respecting the rule of law, as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as as opposed to also respecting the constitutionality. This lawyer explained to you this morning that even this 1.3 billion, which is deemed unethical, he says to you uh, this morning that no, actually... Uh, banks said to them they're going to close their accounts. So what do you do if they're saying they're going to close their accounts? You go to all the local banks They say, no, 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 we don't want your money and so on. So what option did they have? Then they take their money uh, and they uh, said that money, that money is still there. They took it to an offshore bank or, or whatever. As uh, What's wrong about that if the banks here say we're closing your money, if you take it to those that are, are going to accept it? you know, That's the one thing. ESCOM.
1: Okay, uh, before them, you move on to ESCOM now. So what, what, what was the media's fault in all of that?
3: No, the media's fault is that they, they make a case of uh, corrupt people without following due process. I'm very happy, uh, in fact, that the minister has uh, taken the step to go to court. Then this thing is going to be properly dealt with. You have a situation where a sacrosanct legal principle of Audi Alteram Partem Patem rule is a uh, completely uh, ignored a right to be heard. You just hear the one side. The whole uh, 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 weekend splash was about this thing uh, and, and so on. And uh, they, 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 and, and I'm, uh, I'm saying it's now in the courts. Just allow the courts to deal with this matter. For instance, uh, again, media has been saying ESCOM has acted unethically uh, and all this with the Guptas. ESCOM has been to, to Parliament they sat there with the whole parliament and they dealt with the matter and when they left the parliamentarians were, were sorted uh, as it were they were all their questions were answered now 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 but in the public space no one reports that escom uh, has uh, conducted itself very well escom has explained all the the, the issues and problem solved. This morning, for instance, I was listening to uh, the SARS spokesperson talking to the issue of the nephew of the SARS commissioner, who it was allegedly uh, uh, involved uh, incorrectly. And on 7.02, uh, uh, Luther explained this thing, and all of a sudden this thing was clear. But it, the, the, the clarity that he gave, uh, which was so perfect, as it were, we're not going to hear about it because it's on the opposite of the narrative. So the problem that we have in this country is a media narrative that is uh, is, is is the hegemony that uh, is influencing everybody. For instance, even this public protector report uh, that uh, is now preserved, this public protector report that is preserved is nothing but a collation of complaints. The people that are, are implicated in this, in this report, their input is not even in this report. Uh, and yet, it's uh, it's called a report, you know. So, in fact, if you ask me, I think this report should be preserved forever and ever and ever, uh, as it were. <laughs> uh, because, I mean, how do you how do you how do you how do you in, in, the, the, the manner in which this thing has been done leaves a lot to be desired. You have an incoming public protector who gets his uh, hands tight uh, because this thing is, is preserved, so she can't she can't do anything with this thing, and yet this is not a Tulima Tunsela report. This is a Public Protector report. The office of the Public Protector did not close last Saturday. Did not close last Friday. The office is open for business. So a hmm. uh, proper thing that should have happened is that uh, Tuli should have done whatever she can do and hand over to the, other, uh, to, to the new public protector. But instead, she's showing a vote of no confidence. She does all kinds of things to make sure that the new public protector is, uh, you know, is just uh, disabled.
1: Well, let's take some calls. 0891-104-208. Mikey Newlands, good morning to you.
0: Uh, Good morning to you and good morning to your panel. First thing is credibility here. Um, Is this the same Mr. Manier that was called the worst racist in the mold of of, of work by Trevor Manuel? Uh, He wanted the colored folk in the Western Cape to relocate. Is this the same person? Because it it is. I'm having trouble giving any credibility to anything else he says. The second thing is uh, we mustn't complicate what is really a very simple issue here. We have a president who's been found to be a thief and a crook. He's been found guilty. He's had to pay money back Mm -hmm. for inkundler. And he has said quite loudly ANC comes first. So here we have a president that needs to enrich himself. First of all, he has to corrupt the NEC, which he's done. All those people are appointed, and they're appointed by him. They, in turn, ensure that the Cabinet reports to him. We have the Minister of Mining, many examples I can give you, but time doesn't allow. And then, of course, he owns the entire ANC MP in Parliament. Now, of course, as a bonus, he needs to also ensure that all his uh, the the theft and corruption that's going on is not leaked out, so he needs to control the public protector. Sadly, he failed in that a while back. But I can assure you the new one is going to be very much in his pocket, and Jimmy has nothing to worry about. That report will never come out. Of course, the NPA, we know he's already corrupted that. That is a complete laughing stock, and the head of the Hawks is found to be a liar by a judge. So this is what we're dealing with. It's really not complicated. Once this entire cabinet is pushed out of town and we had honest people running this country, I promise you this country will be showing 6, 7, 8% growth and will be the shining light in Africa. But certainly, if we've got people like Mr. Manya and the South African Communist Party who are, of course, looking for an excuse to enrich themselves and fudge the issues, we're never going to get anywhere. Thanks very much. Uh, Thank
1: thanks. you, uh, Mike. And Newlands, Felix in Elspred, hi.
5: Thank you for taking my call. First, let me say, I am black. I am very black, actually blacker than anyone in this country. Now, let me say this. Mr. Mania doesn't actually know what he's saying. State Capture is very simple. It's a fact that we have a leader who cannot make simple decisions, simple selfless decisions. All what he's doing is making selfish de- decisions, having friends that are influencing him in bringing our country down. That is what State Capture is. Anybody can influence anyone. But if they influence you to make selfish decisions that is going to bring down the whole country, that is what State Capture we are talking about. Mr. Mani does not really know what he's talking about. I don't know what he's all about. About him, but he must just keep quiet and
1: go and rest at home. He does not represent any black people in this country. I am black. I am actually blacker than him. Thank you so much, Felix. Hassan Lokat. Good morning to you. So uh, I I can't pick up what uh, Mr.
5: Mani is saying. Is the strategy to oppose monopoly capitalism? He is proposing in many ways that we build up. Uh, some uh, afro-asian monopoly capitalists to fight other monopoly capitalists but we who work in the mining communities actually find out that our government has been in collusion with with local with black businesses you like and foreign mining companies because they have the power in the dmr to regulate uh compliance with environmental and other economic standards but they don't do it so you didn't mention the dmr has been captured he mentioned those that he is politically opposed to. So I find the impression that also, when Mr. Manu asked about what is his political project, he seems to talk about a project initiated by Mbeki and others uh, regarding the BRICS initiatives. But in the very BRICS, bank, rather, you find two new fascists, uh, from India, the president there, and also Chennai, who undemocratically ousted Dwin uh, Rousseff. So clearly there is no discussion about what it means and my question then is, what, do you, what does it mean? What is, what is the democracy, what is the democratic part of the national democratic uh, Revolution? What is it? Because it looks like for Jimmy Gar quite expandable, also oh, Mr. And I want to ask Sully as well, what does it mean, Sonny, the democratic side? Because it looks like it can be shifted, you can you can put a tribalist project in, in its place, as long as you can achieve some more blackface of getting stuff. But for the majority of people,
1: maybe let it get achieved below. You know. Okay, thanks, Hassan Logat. Uh, Mike in Middleburg, good morning. Good
6: morning, and thanks for taking my contact, Pilar. Um, I cannot agree more with uh, Icoma, you see, the Equal uh Comrade Solima Baila. His definition of the state capture is broad uh, because the real state capture, you know, um, is the structural defects. Of the economy, which allows monopoly capital to thrive at the expense of the downtrodden. And I think we must admit that uh, we thought after taking over in 1994 that they uh, would utilize legislation to navigate and broaden benefits from capitalism. But I think we are all witnesses that actually capitalism has failed us, and uh, the only way to liberate ourselves is to actually get rid of capitalism as long as capitalistic capitalist system is in place state capture would
1: remain thank you so much uh, mike uh, castro in davidton good morning
7: good good uh, sakina i think this thing is very easy i i would like to appeal to uh to come solima paila combat uh, Chimimanye and all other role players within the the tripartite alliance to sit down and find a way of dealing with the uh, monopoly capital, particularly starting with the white monopoly capital. Uh, the road will not be easy because of the media that will that will uh, that will portray a certain side of our leaders like Chimimanye. Uh, uh, I'm disappointed with the, with, the, with the guy who called to say Chimimanye doesn't speak for us. Unfortunately during apartheid it took few leaders to to fight apartheid. So Jimimaye, we are there, we'll join you. My appeal to Kombe Sohima Paile is to We we want to hear more voices of people like uh, uh, Solima Pilate to speak about this state capture in the products as as, as it is. Uh, Without derailing the fight against uh, the the white monopoly capital, the the, the KUKTAs have taken that space. Let's try and support and try and fight the unethical conduct if it is there indeed. Because it's worrying, you know, know, Sagina to to hear that uh, even today the same KUKTAs don't know what is the reason for the closure of their bank accounts.
1: All right, that's Castro and David and Tlantlaz in Durban. Good morning.
7: Good morning.
5: Uh, how are you? Well, and you? Yes. You know, uh, I agree with the uh, different views and visions on the state capture as uh, Solima Pahil and Mr. Mania are explaining it. I totally agree with them because we have to have these v- different visions because as the People's Revolutionary Movement, PRM, we also are looking at the state capture. Uh, in more broader protest uh, sense than uh, other people who would do we are saying the state capture did not start now it has been there for years uh, since the formation and after uh, the demand has been was taken by the the, the whites in this country and the formation of the union of south africa in 1910 the parties that is the white parties began to contest for state capture uh, so that they will continue serving the, 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 their different interests. Others wanted to serve the Queen uh, in England. Others wanted to, 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 to oppress the, the, the black person and serve the, the white persons in, in South Africa during those times. And it has been there even during the times of bantustan formation. State capture has been there. They were allowed to have their own corners where they, are, they were going to use the, the, and abuse uh, the resources of the state. It has been there. It's just that comes now, we're discussing it, and others are captured by the, the, the unending un- hate of Jacob Zuma, and they are also captured by that, and also captured by the white capitalist uh, uh, class uh, who use the Democratic Alliance uh, to influence uh, the direction that uh, the, the, the country should be
1: going. Well, there were some of the comments. It's 9 o'clock, so in as much as we would love to respond, we can't respond. It's news time. But I think, you know, there are many questions that still need to be answered. Uh, There are too many uncomfortable questions that uh, still linger, and we have to go back and be brutally honest with ourselves in trying to answer those questions, and we'll endeavor to do that. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our guest, Mr. Solima Paila, Mr. Mzwanele Manye, and, of course, uh, also to the production team. We'll be back tomorrow, right now, It's time for the latest news with Norm Sandlouli.